0: Welcome again to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We have another engaging session in store, I think. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, Symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the corporation for automated road transportation safety, a 501c3 corporation, I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. And with us is Brad Templeton, Senior Transportation Contributor at Forbes.com, Writer, Consultant, and Chairman Emeritus of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Great to see you again, Brad.
1: Hey, Fred. Good morning. Good afternoon. Your choice.
0: Well, you have a new piece out this week on the latest self-driving car disengagement reports from the state of California. The state requires any company that's testing the technology to report the instances when a human safety driver felt it necessary to intervene. Give us more of the overview here. Well,
1: um, yeah, the uh, California, when it wrote a law to allow self-driving testing, paralleling a law that had been written first in Nevada... Uh, and I participated a little bit in the creation of those laws, they wanted something for them, basically. Uh, They were mostly doing what the companies wanted as far as getting a regimen in place so they could know that they were safe and legal while they tested the vehicles. They said, we would like to get some reports about how it's doing, um, ostensibly to satisfy the goal that their job is to maintain the public safety. So they asked the companies to report how many times they had a disengagement Uh, when they drove their vehicles around the state now what that means is when a safety driver at least originally what it meant the human being which is used whenever you test these vehicles they actually typically have two but at least one person behind the wheel watching the vehicle carefully ready to take over at any moment if they fear that something's going wrong and they wanted to be told how often is this happening and and um This would be some sort of gauge about how safe the companies were being. Uh, Also perhaps a measurement about how well they were doing. Uh, So they put out those reports and uh, at the beginning there was really only a Google car which is now called Waymo in the game and several other companies have joined the game. California has been sort of the most concentrated place where this sort of testing goes on. And so people started paying attention to these reports every year that would show these numbers. Uh, One of the difficulties, though, which we'll get into in, I think, much more detail here, is that they didn't provide a great deal of constraint about exactly how the companies would calculate the numbers. Uh, And because of that, people started thinking about, well, if this number is how I look, I want to look good. And so they want to calculate the number in order to look good, or or they may not care about that, depending on what state their project is in. Uh, the reality is that when all of these projects, including the Google Car Project, which is the leader among them today, and has been for some time, when they first went out on the road, this engagement was an extremely common thing. You would see the safety drivers grabbing the wheel uh, you know, every few miles, or sometimes even less than that, uh, for a number of different reasons. One, their products were very early prototypes. Uh, two- um, they, um, uh, they told the safety drivers, I went through this safety driver training myself and you're told, you know, take the wheel. If you have any doubt, uh, we're not trying to put the public at risk here. We don't say, oh, look, little children are crossing the car street in front of the car. Let's see whether the car hits them or not. No, especially in the beginning when your car was unsafe, you, uh, you, you disengaged them just in case, cause you just didn't want to put these pedestrians and other vulnerable road users at risk. Um, and so you'd get a lot of disengagements, but then you started looking bad for that. So companies started looking at the rules and saw that they really said you had to report when it was a disengagement for an actual safety purpose. And so a precautionary disengagement maybe isn't for a safety purpose. Um, if you're obviously, if the driver just needs to go take a break, um, that disengagement is not really anything worth reporting. And so uh, people stopped reporting that. Uh, Anyway, so people have leeway about that. The second type of disengagement they need to report here, they have a little less uh, latitude on. And that's when the software, the self-driving software itself, decides that something has gone wrong within it. Um, You know, of course, when your computer sees this, you get what's known as the blue screen of death. And when you're a self-driving car, the, well, the death could be real. And so you don't really want to have that happen. But the reality is all software that's well-written is constantly testing itself. It's constantly looking inside, making sure all parameters are within reason, making sure nothing too much out of the way is going on. And when it deceives something that's out of the way, it will either you know, issue an error message or a warning, or in software parlance, it'll do what's known as throwing an exception, uh, which is sort of saying we have to pop this up the stack and um, something's gone wrong and we need to fix it. So, um, when the software throws an exception, you might declare that to be a, you might ask the safety driver to take over. I mean, something is going on, I don't understand, safety driver, take the wheel, and it goes beep, 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 and it does that. Or you might just write a warning into a log file for the development team to look at later and say, ah, okay, something here was a little off, let's check it out. And if you've ever run a program with all the warnings on, they stream out hundreds of warnings a second in many cases, Uh, you certainly wouldn't abort your ride for all of them. So once again, the companies have some latitude as to what actually requires insisting that the driver take over. So that's where we sit, and that's why we see very different numbers from the different companies. Uh, what we can learn from these reports is not so much comparing one company to another very easily, but rather maybe the progress a company is making, assuming it's keeping the same methodology. You can also learn just how much people are driving, which is interesting. That is a number they can't fudge, sort of. We'll talk about Tesla, I think, a little bit later in the, uh, in the program and, and whether they fudge their number about how much they're driving.
2: Yeah, well, Brad, yes, all that. I guess my perspective, of course, I have to have a little different perspective on on disengagement. It seems to me that if I'm testing a product, I'm looking for disengagements. I want disengagements. I want to see where it doesn't work. My objective is to go out there and find those and then fix them. And so in some sense, if I am really, you know, trying to do a good job in something that, that is unknown, because this is not repeating something that someone already knows something all about. It is all about, you know, knowing what you do, finding out what you don't know and fixing it. Yeah. So in some sense, the objective should be to have the most disengagement. I wanna test this well, you know, at least not on the hardest, because I know it can't do everything, okay? But at least the hardest pieces that I, the, the, that I haven't fixed yet and find those and fix them.
1: Oh, I, I don't. Yet,
2: on the other hand, I may also want to build a business out of this. I may want to operate safely. I may say, I want to work in this particular area. And in this particular area, I want no disengagements. I wanna be able to go there and have this thing run without any disengagements, because guess what? For me to have a business here, I can't have anybody in there. And so therefore, if the software doesn't know what to do, then it has to figure out a fail-safe way to do it, which isn't called a disengagement, okay. But my goodness, no disengagement. And of course, not kill anybody. And so therefore, in that situation, I am really looking, but it's 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 the, you have to define where you're doing this, because in one sense, in one domain that I'm doing it, my objective is zero. The other domain where I'm doing it, my objective is you know, somewhat. It's not infinity, of course, because I'm only, I'll be a deluge and say, hell, I don't want to go there. But you, you see, what I how do, you, how do you contend with these issues?
1: Well, actually, it's not, I think, much of a dilemma in the minds of the companies in the sense that, yes, the company wants to test. Um, everyone has the goal of reaching the level of what we'd call safe. Uh, people keep arguing about what it means to be safe, how safe you have to be, and also how you measure how safe you are. That's, a, that's actually a very a long and difficult topic in the field. Um, The problem is, of course, is the government put a reporting requirement on it. And as soon as it became a reporting requirement, people altered a little bit of what they would say to the public, different necessarily from what they might do internally. Obviously, all the companies that are putting cars on the road and driving them, they're doing it with the goal of finding the problems, improving their system, and reaching this mythical goal of safety, whatever it means to them, and it's even a a changing goal. So when you put the reporting requirement, you had... um, well you had a, probably an unintended consequence on that which is to say that yes the instructions you give to the safety driver are supposed to be you take the wheel if you see any problem you know don't uh, don't hesitate don't um, see what happens if you think it's a very dangerous thing uh but on the other hand every time you do take the wheel by mistake every time it wasn't actually a problem and you were paranoid and took the wheel you're making us look bad because we have to report that to the government Uh, So one of the things that I know that Waymo came up with, I believe this is true, uh, is they said, we'll let the safety driver disengage, but they built this very fancy simulator. And many of the teams now have built fancy simulators to try their vehicles out in the virtual world, um, you know, the, the metaverse, if you want to call it that. And what they do is if there is a disengagement they look at what was going on and they program a simulation scenario a virtual occurrence of that event into the simulator and they let it run as though the safety driver did not take the wheel and they find out what happened and if what happened is i crashed into another car they say yeah not so good if all that happened was the car handled it correctly then they don't consider that a safety disengagement because it was not necessary for safety um we have, uh, I mean, human beings are yeah, like on, this too.
2: On, on, that, on that note, I think you're correct, Brad. As Waymo did. We had Dan Smith on, on our program who described it and, 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 and said that explicitly, and I think they've reported that. So in, in some sense, at least with respect to their safety reports, they go beyond what they're required to do in California and go and tell us, or at least in, within their safety report, try to tell us whether or not exactly what you said was a situation or otherwise. I guess my question is, is why don't all companies do that? Why do they, why do they say, Hey, okay. They required us to do this. We could actually provide better information out there, put better information out there to the public as to how well we are doing or not doing and, and let people know why aren't they, why, why not? I mean, there are stock prices they won't be able to flip. What's the matter? The the lipstick on the pig isn't going to look good. What? Talk to me.
1: Everyone has an instinct to want to look as good as they can. So they want to report a number. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they, They don't want to tell the truth. Uh, you know, no, no. I mean, so for example, I mean, Waymo is reporting the, the fewest disengagements because they do this. Some of the companies are just reporting every time someone took the wheel. And the numbers they report on this chart are they went a few miles between disengagements. And when people see that number, they say, This is a project that is in its very early stages. This is a a prototype that has still a lot of distance to go. Waymo is indeed trying to now actually convince members of the public to get in their vehicles with no one behind the wheel. They've been running a service in uh, Chandler, Arizona now for two years doing that. Um, They're definitely the leader in doing that, although there are now uh, several companies who have reached up to that point. Uh, in fact four companies used permits in california to operate with no safety driver behind the wheel uh, waymo was not one of them even though waymo has a permit to do it but four of them did to, to, to test to test that's right to, to test te- um, let me say, well no no let hang let on now cruz has now invited the public to do more than test cruz has, has been letting their employees ride for um i mean they're testing because they're employees but it's because they want to get somewhere and Cruz has now said members of the public will also be allowed to use it like an uber pretty soon
2: pretty, yeah no yeah that's still we we've heard all about pretty soon and we don't even want to define pretty soon here brad because we don't know what pretty soon is and of course i'm i i do i'm sure i'm sure that the, that the personnel from from cruz who, who does ride it i'm sure they 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 haven't been instructed as to hey, if you think something's really going to awry, um, uh, there's the button you push. I'm sure they have, or have they? Have
1: they? Actually, I don't know if they put yeah. a button in the back seat. The the cruise passengers are riding the back seat. I've seen videos of them. I'm the cruise employees. Some of them have been allowed to be. Let me, let me
2: let me ask you that question, it, Brad. If you were if you were running a cruise company and you were running with your employees, would you have a button in the back seat?
1: Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, certainly I'd be tempted to in the beginning. Uh, for example, um, one of the companies that claims to run, you use the term driverless for this. It's not my favorite term. But one of the companies doing it is Yandex, the Russian search engine, sort of your Google parallel. And what Yandex did was they put safety drivers in the passenger seat of the vehicles. Yeah. Um, and that person in that passenger seat certainly has a big red button they can reach. And even more than that, they can grab the wheel. Uh, which is something you can't do from the backseat of a, of a Chevy Bolt.
2: Okay, so I'd like to discuss that one with you, if I may, Brad. Yeah. What does that prove? Does that prove somebody's manhood? I mean, that's in what in I thought. Testing, I thought that, testing, that at first. Testing
1: why? I thought that why? at first.
2: Who? Uh, who's impressed by? It? Are you impressed by that? I'm not. Not I'll a lot. You, I'm not. Not in, at all.
1: And Cruz did their first test.
2: Not it, any.
1: I'll tell you what I'm what no no I'll tell you why (laughs) it's a little more than not any. It's not a lot, but but I'll tell you that because companies the companies do want to keep things close to the vest by and large, right? They're proprietary companies, they want to they they keep their secrets. Yeah. And so Waymo was quite unusual in releasing the report that we were talking about, where they went into all the detail and And, they said, here's every every accident that we would have had or might have had. Here's how it happened. Here's why we weren't at fault. Of course, they you know they had a reason yeah. here. They, they could say, look, we we never made the mistake here. Somebody else made the mistake, yeah. um, and so you know that's an impressive report. And I want you know I think they threw a gauntlet down. I think they should. Yeah, absolutely. They, Congratulations. They said, hey, Do if that. you can't if you can't write this report, then you suck. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't uh, say that. You said that, no, no, but <laughs> and, no, but that's the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, the gauntlet no, I says, agree with you. <laughs> why can't you write a report like this? It's uh, to every company. They're saying that, and I want them to say that. Yeah. Um, But because of that, the only thing we can do as outsiders to figure out how well companies are doing is look at, um, you know, not what they say, but what they do. And so when Waymo decided to actually let the public into cars in Arizona with no safety driver in the front, they were saying that we had a meeting. And in this meeting, which we brought all the lawyers into and we brought maybe the board members into... We presented a case as to why it was safe to do that, why we weren't going to destroy the company um, by running over pedestrians in the middle of the street the way Uber did, right? They have to internally, with their secret numbers, that they won't let us see, but with their secret numbers, they have to make an internal decision that the lawyers and the board and the executives and the development team all sign off and say, it's okay to do this. Uh, and so that is a, that, what you so do. The
2: reward is worth more than the risk. From the perspective of the stockholders, uh, the fiduciary requirements, and that whole ball of wax,
1: correct? Everybody knows what their reward is. So what we learn indirectly through these actions is what's their own internal assessment. So it's, it's our window into... How the companies work. So each right. step along the way, you know, for example, almost all companies will release videos saying, "Here's our car. It successfully did this. It successfully did that." But yeah, of but course, they have. Looked, picked-
2: you've looked at those videos, yeah. Of course, Brad, and I've looked at them, and my goodness, and the smoke and the mirrors, in, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm too cynical.
1: But there are I'm two just- two companies that will let any random member of the public make one of those videos or almost any random member of the public. And those are Waymo and Tesla. And so those yeah. videos, the fact that they let that happen, uh, well, in the case of Tesla, they, so props to them for letting anybody make a video of how their product does. Now it doesn't do right. very well. So, you know, it is, it's revealing a truth that most companies wouldn't yeah. uh, be willing uh, to let reveal. Me, let
2: me, let's discuss it. I, I think it's doing exceedingly well.
1: All right, well, we'll okay. we can and argue about it. It
2: may not be well enough. It depends. Well, for what?
1: Well, I think you saw that uh, last week or two weeks ago. I released my review of it because I have it in my Tesla, and I gave it an F. uh, And it's not even close to a D yet. So uh, a lot of people said, "How could you give it an F? That's not fair." But but uh, but that's another story.
2: but, But it's an F if the objective is for the thing to run around with people in it that are just passengers.
1: That is correct. I and there, and uh, there's, a gen- abs- there's a gentleman and at the head of anyway, Tesla who has said that's the objective many, many times. And in fact, oh, he, he said say, it will this year
0: for the he, last seven he, years. He,
2: he also said it, if, you, if he also almost said it last night when he was doing his promo of of, of, of Starship, and and he said, there's only two things, that me, I'm so slightly paraphrasing him, only two things he's interested in, and going to Mars and full self-driving. I mean, I, I went nuts, whatever, but, you know. Um,
1: Mars, Mars, I, even more, the very first thing I ever asked him uh, was, uh, since I had run companies, why he, and I thought it was crazy to try and run even one, why he ran two. And he, he said he didn't really want to run two of them and that SpaceX was his favorite baby, but I'm not sure he was telling me the truth.
2: Yeah, no, and 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 look, I mean, if the objective is to provide riders a ride without a human in there, because you're trying to save the labor costs of that you of that uh, entity, which is maybe the only reason to do it. No, I no, no, only,
1: that's that's the third. It's reason.
2: the only reason to do it. That's
1: the it's third, third reason, reason to do it. Huh? That's the third reason to do it.
2: What's the what, what The name one and two?
1: Yeah. One and two are having a car that can move itself so it can deliver itself to people, it can recharge itself, it can do all of those, park itself, all of those I mean, things. Uh, that's, zero that's val- a-
2: that has value to the, that has no value to anybody. Oh, Nobody I, well, is we, gonna, we, we I could mean, do another
1: I, show on that one. Of course
2: we can. But uh, I, and of I'll, course, claim, I'll claim that it has no value to anybody that I care about. Let's put it and, that and way. And <laughs> people,
1: most people would say the number one reason. I don't actually think they okay, mean okay. it. But most people say the number one reason. You know what they say the number one reason is. Of course, because they're legally required to say the number one reason is safety. But, uh, but, but,
2: but, but that's total bull. And we all know that's total, total. Look, it's, if you, it's if you pay 50%, attention, 50%. if you pay attention and I pay attention and if you behave and I behave, it is going to be a long time before a computer is better than us. Cut it out. I
1: Not mean, there's people close. there's people Not betting, betting a lot of money that you're wrong on that one, Alan.
2: Uh, and they're going to lose a lot of it too. And the only way they're going to make it is if they flip it and put a lipstick on it and flip it, which is the only way anybody's made any money so far. Okay, <laughs> nobody, well, no, nobody f- little, make money. Nobody's even even gotten revenue. The only person that's gotten revenue is Waymo. How much revenue have they gotten?
1: Well, actually, one of the like companies, three company, zeros, one... zeros or something. One of the companies I'm involved in, uh, which is not trying to drive in the streets but drives in the sidewalks for yeah. those deliveries, we've done two million deliveries. We announced that last year, uh, so that's real commercial operations. It's not just a uh, agreed. It's not, it's, agreed. Yeah.
2: There, there is some real commercial operation there, and there are some situations there, and you do some things to make sure that everything is kind of safe. But in some sense, you know. Uh, um, um, I don't know I don't want to think of bicycle delivery guy or gal is safer than your, your stuff but maybe I don't know I don't No know. in fact maybe the CEO they, of they the go company down, they go down sidewalks I mean they're like yeah. crazies but whatever the, I don't the CEO know. of the company to... did
1: a, a fantastic demo where um, it has safeties in it so that it won't hit you so it, we turned them off and he deliberately had it drive into his small children uh, and of course, the small children weren't hurt. so yeah, yeah, if, no, if I, you'll no. drive it into your own little children, you you, you know you've got something yeah, and
2: and we know how to do that. I mean, you just go slowly. I mean, you know, s- uh, speed is really a uh, you know the, a- the actually, v, and
1: a... in the case of the starship robot, it's it's quite light. so yeah, and, and
2: it is quite light and all those kinds of things. So we know how to do those things
1: but, well, uh, but Nuro, in sense... our our buddies at Neuro, they've put an airbag on the front of the vehicle. This is something I actually, Researched a dozen years ago, and I yeah. uh, no, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it is. It is. A Volvo good. did it in uh, Volvo. Absolutely,
2: yeah. To keep people from going through the windshield and so on, and doing outside and whatever, and that that is a good idea. Absolutely, it's a great idea. Um, but let's
1: see, where are we? We got to. Yeah, I, yeah I we, we, we we have. have I was I try to. Here's here's a, here's a shocker. Yeah. We've gone off on some tangents. Who would yeah. have thought?
0: Well, <laughs> getting back to the getting back to these reports, uh, Brad. Anything jump out at you? Uh, that really stands out from these reports that were released and filed with the state of California?
1: Well, I mean, the most notable thing was Waymo's number dropping a large amount. They previously, this is the the, the questionable number about how many um, disengagements you have per mile, and they were running at about uh, 30,000, I think, and they dropped down to 8,000. Uh, Waymo told me that their primary um, Reason for that was that they had released a new platform, a new complete uh, revision of their sensor configuration and many of their software systems. And so they were ironing out the kinks in that. I'm not sure that's the entire truth because it's also true that Waymo moved where it was doing its California operations from mostly what you call Easy California, Silicon Valley, where they're based and a few other places, and focused a lot on San Francisco, which is clearly a more difficult environment. In fact, Cruz for a long time has been saying uh, we're really the number one because we're trying a real problem in San Francisco and Waymo's mostly dicking around in, um, in, in suburbs. So whether, uh, so Cruz might be right about that. Well, it's certainly harder to drive in the city than it is to drive in the suburbs. And so that could be an attribute to that. Cruz itself bumped its number up. And again, if, if we don't know, because we don't have a declaration, if they're using the same methodology year on year, it means they had a modest improvement going from 30,000 to 40,000 miles. Um, you know, we see some numbers From some of the other companies that make us wonder about what their methodology is um you know uh, pony we ride deep uh deep root uh which are doing much because other companies that are reporting what i think are i'm not gonna say they're more honest but it's just a very different thing where they are probably just reporting a lot more of their disengagements. are doing you know tens hundreds of miles per disengagement which is i think where they're they're not spending all the time to differentiate one from the other Um, uh, Zook's coming up at about 7,800, but we can't really compare company to company very easily with this. One thing you can compare um, in an absolute basis is the number of miles driven, and that's where you get to see just how big the effort is. And once again, Waymo off the charts in terms of the number of miles driven. Uh, with uh, 700,000 miles. And that's just a fraction of Waymo's miles. They're, they did far more than that in Arizona uh, and in some of the other places. I think they're operating in 15 cities. Uh, Cruise putting in 138,000 miles, Zook's 85,000 miles. Some of the companies putting in um, very, very tiny uh, numbers of miles, 5,000 miles, a few thousand miles. And as we mentioned early on in the program, uh, Tesla putting in zero miles, uh, which uh, creates an interesting question.
2: Well, so before, before we get to the, to, the, to the Tesla number, because again, I think it goes, I would really love these folks to put out these numbers, maybe in total as they have, but then break them out and say, here, this is where we're going to be in business. And this is where we're going to do, we're going to test our and provide our disengagement numbers. And in other places, we're not we're not there yet. That operational design domain, we're not there yet. And in that operational design domain, my goodness, we're looking to find out what we need to fix. So we want this engagement. We don't wanna ride around all day and not have a disengagement, we wasted our time. What the hell did we, why did we pay anybody to ride in the car? Well, I and mean, we here's know the we can do that. And the whole objective of this thing, if it is to sell me a car that I can send across the country to Brad for him to use for a day, and then he can send it back to me for me to, to get back. There is no market for that. No one there, there's probably not even a, a member of the 1% of the 1%ers who will pay for that. That is just. Why? I
1: mean, nobody cares about that. It is well, totally. uh, yeah, we we disagree on that. That's okay, not the show. But I know we do. Go. No, but I want to get yeah. back to this engagement. Actually, yeah. Fred would, would yell at us if we didn't. Yeah. Um, which is to say, <laughs> why do we want these reports? Because the the um, the DMV and the, the, the regulators, their job is to protect the public safety. Their job is not to Absolutely. measure business quality. Their job is not to try and you know gauge how well someone is doing in their in their progress. They just need the information they need to do their job of protecting the public safety. Now, as it turns out, with one very glaring exception, which I'm sure we might get into, um, the safety driver system works very well. We've got these cars doing millions of miles with one or two, usually two safety drivers, monitoring the system, and they're not having accidents, right? They're not, at least they're not being at fault in accidents. They're getting dinged by other people at a pretty regular rate, and there are people who argue about whether that's happening more than normal or not. But in terms of being at fault in an accident, um, that's, that's almost not happening. I mean, it's happened just a few times in many, many millions of driving for these companies. And so it's, it's kind of like, Uh, with teenagers, we let teenagers go out with learning permits as long as we have a safety driver with them called a driving instructor, who in many cases has a pedal in the car that they can stop it with and can grab the wheel, not too different from what we do here. That seems to work. And and I don't know, I don't think we asked driving schools to report how many disengagements did they have with crazy teenagers uh, and (laughs) and measure their quality based on how many of those they had. Um, So I'm not sure these reports are actually achieving the public interest goal here now when a company is ready to deploy um we have a goal that they you know that they are going to be safe when they deploy public as riders have a goal of wanting to know hey when they say it's safe to get in this car are they telling me the truth and so that's a reasonable public interest goal but that's not met by these numbers and i think there's a good reason to be critical of the numbers because They're pushing people into reporting something and fudging it around and presenting a misleading uh, image when we want more. So I would, yes, as a journalist in this field, I would love to know more details about every company. And I wrote in my article, you know, here's nine different ways you could break down what a disengagement is. You know, was it something that would have caused a serious accident, a minor accident? Is it just something um that would have caused the car to weave out of the lane for five seconds well i'll t- i'll make a little s- deep confession here uh, sometimes when i'm driving down the road i accidentally go over the line and I, I see i notice i'm over the line and i go back in and there was nobody next to me and nothing happened and sometimes i'm looking down at the radio or, good lord I, I certainly would never text but if i ever did i might accidentally find the car in front of me stopped and i had to hit the brakes hard and i didn't have an accident and so nothing happened and so those things happen to humans all the time. They you know, will happen to robots as well without causing a safety problem. We might still want to know about them. But anyway, it would be nice to dig in under the kimono here, but I'm not sure that there's a public interest in demanding that companies show us everything under their kimono. And, and every time we do demand it, they will work very hard to um, make sure they look good. And so we may not get useful information.
2: Well, let let me let me just jump in here, and maybe if I have any influence in New Jersey, which I may not, but if I have any influence in New Jersey, you're very big in Trenton. I, I might be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, maybe. But if, if I have any influence in them, uh, uh, folks are who provide this, the business who provide the mobility will have to say, where are they going to provide the the mobility and when. There's going to have to be an operational design domain. We know we can write code to keep the vehicles in that operational design domain. I mean, if we can't do that, I mean, we're, we're like lost. It's not going to. It's not going to be certainly not in the beginning. Hey, anywhere in New Jersey, open season, you can go. I mean, I can. I can't drive everywhere in New Jersey. I mean, some places. I mean, I had to go into New York yesterday. I mean, you know, driving driving into the Lincoln Tunnel. I mean, it's just and not no thank you. And, and so that's going to have to be de- de- defined. And within that, you, operational you should just design, take
1: your Volocopter.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. we no, no, not go cheaper, there. The We're not going there. I mean, we'll never get out if we go there, Brad. But, but within that operational design domain, the, the folks who are going to provide that mobility in there, mobility in there are basically going to have to show that, close to zero of these disengagements.
1: Well, show, show okay. who and how is the big question. And uh, nobody, nobody, nobody has an answer for that. There's every different regulatory agency around the world has proposed ways they might do that. Europeans, you know, they have this long history of type certifications and uh, in, all the different approaches. Americans have different approaches. The Chinese will have different approaches.
2: In Jersey, I, I hope we don't care. We're going to have our approach in New Jersey. And we're going to look over. I think we're going to look over their shoulder.
1: I saying, I hey, I look I, and
2: you better divulge because if you're out there provide mobility to the public for you're going to need to show safe and if if you if what happens happens in jersey of what happened in Arizona in the beginning I guess we won't have this in jersey I mean, well, that you know, was, that was the to, famous
1: is, exception to the uh, effectiveness of the safety driver system. But of course, that safety driver is faced in criminal charges for having watched a movie. Fred well, I disagree
2: with that one too, Brian, because it's not her fault. I mean, well, the know, it code it's saw half her fault the, code, half. the code saw her six, six seconds before it hit. Oh well,
1: no, it's definitely come not on, the code that says. code was. No, no. Oh, come no. on,
2: that code was terrible. Of and course, it was terrible. That, huh, it was terrible. It was terrible.
1: Of course it's terrible, but that doesn't mean it's the code's fault because Early prototypes, that's what they do. That's why you have safety drivers. I've been in Google Star <laughs> when it did the same thing, not the same perception mistake that the uh, Uber made, but where it you know wanted to drive off the road. All the cars, when they're early, are sitting around making mistakes of that order. And that's why there's a guy there or a woman there who is grabbing the wheel. And that's how that system works if that person doesn't try and watch a movie while they're supposed to be doing their job.
2: Uh, absolutely. But, if, but do you really also take on... Not the automated emergency braking system do you also go over the, the the speed at which your operational design domain you were supposed to be operating at 40 miles an hour you were going 41.
1: yeah that I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with me. that the
2: code the, the code come on you can you, you, you can't write code that does that of course you shut it out
1: you can even make code that does rolling stops
2: absolutely <laughs> and why aren't the folks who didn't write the code very well somehow trying to explain themselves in a court of law i don't i don't i'm on the i other mean side well as you know, the you know the, NTS, the ntsb
1: it. investigated them and uh, and they did go through a lot of uh, and they you know they made a court settlement uh, i think you're right they didn't they, they got well in some ways they got a slap on the wrist and the other way they had to shut their project down for a year and a half and then they had to basically pay aurora to take it off their hands now and I, think, lose 60 I say that, and although Aurora lose, did a very nice a SPAC, and so it the, the turned out to be uh, okay for them financially.
2: And, and lose sixty billion in valuation. I oh. throw that in there
1: too. However, okay. let me let, let me get to the real point we're getting at here, which is <laughs> which is that it is already illegal to hit things. All right? uh, the question I ask is why do we need more laws saying it's even more illegal to hit things? No, no, we don't. I don't think well, we but do. no you've said you said there there ought to be laws that demand they show that they're safe nobody no,
2: no, not laws there's going to be oversight regulatory well, regu- overs- regulatory, regulatory regulatory oversight, oversight. look I, I, I don't know in New Jersey if you don't put r- rubber tires on your wheels I don't think you're allowed to ride ride on the on the streets somebody looks over and says hey you're riding on the rims I, I don't I, you know I mean that kind of thing there's going to be regulatory oversight over and, an operate. I mean you want to sell something the, the, the small grocery store over here, Princeton won't let them sell coffee, you know there because of who knows some food law food whatever. And, and I mean, I'm saying <laughs> there,
1: there's already there are already laws that make it illegal to have any safety incidents on the road. And every company that's out there, um, I, I shouldn't say every because I'm sure there's a, there's a few crazy exceptions, but they're they're all deathly afraid of that ever happening, of actually having an at fault accident, both in terms of the liability they'll face, in terms of legal consequences they'll face, and in terms of the death of their project, as as did happen to Uber. Fred, do you want to no, you want to step no, in? No, no, no. But one more. Fred, Fred on that. wants to step in. He's technically our host today. I want to
2: just on
0: this. Now, you're, so you're, you're if, lost, if, Fred. You're lost. If,
2: if, if they're so concerned about that. Why would you test without somebody in the car?
1: Yeah, no, that's a very, that's a good
2: question. Why would? Oh, I had somebody riding behind. I had the police escort all around me. Wait a minute. Whoa, you're going to go out and provide a ride in Trenton to somebody? Are you going to provide a police escort? No. Are you going to have somebody in another vehicle behind it? I don't think so. And so on. if you expect to do that affordably, can you pay a, let alone two safety drivers to be in there? No. Okay. All right. So cut it out. Now, that's an operation in testing. Hey, all you need to be able to say is that I sat there and twiddled my thumbs. I'll believe you. If you didn't, weren't lying to me all the time and 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 smoking, I, I beers, do have an answer to you, knows, but I'm going, I'm going to let
1: Fred get, say what Fred okay. wants to no, say. No, no, Fred, let him give these answers. All right, give we'll your answer,
0: Brad, and then we then can always cut in a break
1: later. A what the hell? Yeah, come on. Anyway, we're a good time with Brad. No, 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 no. It's a, it, it's, yeah, a very, yeah, it's a yeah. very it's a very important question as yeah. to whether or not people should be doing a lot of testing with no safety driver. Um, so obviously, production has to be no safety driver. So there does have to be a transition, sure. and you've got to have to do some testing without a safety driver. But I think you're right to say that's at the very end, just before you go on. like the first day of production isn't the first day without the safety driver, because among other things, you've just got to understand how does it work, how do humans react or you know how do how do you support the customers? You have to test all those things. Uh, Particularly, actually, Waymo was kind of driven to it uh, perversely by the virus, because people didn't want to get into a car with somebody else in it, and so that was an opportunity to do that. But you have to do some testing of that. But yes, if you are not at that stage where you're now trying to learn how does this work as a real living system with real customers, using it, dealing with the fact there's no one behind the wheel... When you need to test that you can take the safety driver out and it's still testing, but you don't need to do as Pony did in California. And this is the part we didn't get into in the reports, which is the four companies that did do testing without it and don't include Waymo. So one was Cruz, which is now doing this testing with their employees. Actually, Apollo and Pony both did more miles. And so I'm not sure why Apollo and Pony are doing it other than, as you say, possibly for show, um, because the basic thing is, unless you're very poor, um, you can afford the safety drivers, and there's no reason to take them out. Um, it doesn't improve your safety. It teaches you things that they're not needing to learn right now. So um, Neuro is, is one exception to this. Now, Neuro te- tested, reported a grand total of nine miles. Neuro makes a vehicle that can't hold a human being. Um, so very obviously, it has to be tested without a safety driver. And they're only beginning to do that. But um, they have a reason, and they have an answer to this question. Uh,
0: Fred? Fred? I think I heard some common <laughs> ground almost. Wait a minute. We'll yeah, be back, no, I'll, but... I'll go back. No, there's that. not
2: common ground, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> we'll be back, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, Symbol, MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for a white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. Uh, it's... You can find this under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs you probably know can be a good way to spread risk with investments. Maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, again, is MOTOETF.com. We are back with round two, ding, ding, of smart driving cars and our guest, Brad Templeton. We've been I thought talking... round
1: one ended on a TKO. but. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about the latest disengagement data from California in your piece for Forbes. Brad, you, you take a look at the numbers and how the technology compares with human drivers.
1: Well, this is, again, a hard thing to do because the methodologies are different. But uh, in my uh, attempts at reading, and there are many different researchers who've tried to answer these questions with different results, um, but NHTSA reports that basically there's an accident that gets reported to the police in the United States about every 400,000 to 500,000 miles. But there are more accidents than that, everyone knows. And the insurance companies have suggested numbers that say that they get An insurance claim, maybe every 250,000 miles. Now, some people have done what are called naturalistic studies, and also Waymo, which, you know, has monitoring, intense monitoring of what's going on in the roads around them for millions of miles, has come to the conclusion that it's probably about every 100,000 miles that some minor little thing happens that nobody tells the cops, nobody tells the insurance company, you know, you hit someone in a parking lot, that sort of thing. So that's an estimate for human beings, as an average around the entire United States. And these numbers are different in different countries. There are some countries with better safety records. We also talk as well, by the way, and we know much more about injury accidents because those are very rarely hidden. And of course, fatalities, uh, which we hope are never hidden. Fatalities happen in the United States about every 80 million miles, although they happen more frequently um, per mile on city streets than they do on the highway in spite of the speed, which surprises people. In fact, it might be better if we express these numbers per hour rather than per mile because on the highway, you're putting back the miles pretty quickly uh, in terms of the number of hours. So anyway, these are numbers. But, but number... I think on
2: that, on that, isn't it, Brad, that it also pedestrians are involved and, and bicyclists are involved and pedestrians yeah, yeah, and on bicycles the, uh, are, are on big the numbers. And so you need to filter those things um... out to the, you know, as to it, whether or not you're going to deal with what do you talking Actually, about? actually
1: I mean, the, any of course, any accident involving a vulnerable road user, you could say, is a big number because it shouldn't. You don't want it. Um, but of <laughs> no, the no, of I'll the agree. about forty thousand fatalities, it's around five thousand that happen to the vulnerable road users, which is again a way more than you want to have happen. But yeah. it's a, it's modest traction. Um, actually, one of the statistics that surprises many people is about sixty percent of all the fatal accidents, which again are studied much more than others. Sixty percent of those are single car. Nobody hit anybody just somebody ran off the road into a telephone pole. They uh, actually many people believe that the biggest cause alcohol is a major cause, but actually even bigger than alcohol is drowsiness problem is that when they find someone dead at the side of the road there's no blood test to say that they were sleepy. Uh, But with alcohol, you can test the blood and you say, "Okay, this guy was was impaired. So uh, these are the numbers for humans.
2: And uh, I think the other one is that trees are are much less forgiving than 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 uh, poles. Yeah, although uh, although, you know, some, you know,
1: and 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 you know, you you think uh, deer would be even less forgiving uh, because they even have. uh, some. Well, that's a funny thing. Um, I've hit so many
2: deer. I, I think I've hit seven.
1: Okay, well, there's three,
2: three in the last 12 months. Okay, so
1: 12, there are 12 million access insurance companies get 12 million insurance access claims a year in the United States, and 2 million of those involve hitting deer uh so that's that's much more than the it's it's actually astonishing it's a funny it's a joke i make whenever people say we need to put transponders in all the cars so that they can all detect each other where they're going i'm saying how are you going to get the deer to wear the transponders because that's a that's a challenging issue anyway that's really a tangent but let's get we we talked about the numbers But
2: but the three that i hit i had no clue I mean, there was they also didn't have much and they didn't have. No, I you know, and and it's it is you know, I I shake in my boots when I get behind the wheel. of my car. It's
1: funny because we've sometimes felt that you were being a deer in the headlights in uh, some of these (laughs) debates, but it turns out you're the enemy of the deer in the headlights. I am. I mean, I
2: I, I put me here. Take me away. Seven
1: and deer zero although I'm sure they gave you some dents. Um, ahead, anyway, but sorry, no, let's, let's leave out those numbers yeah, yeah. Well, and Brad, talk about how I, I we compare to that get to a robot.
0: I also want to get into the, the number you highlighted before, that Tesla reported zero miles. So tell us. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Well, what Tesla
1: here. says is we are not testing a self-driving system in California. Now, the way the law was written, and uh, I was uh, involved in this, and so was Anthony Lewandowski, Uh, who uh, I'll mention in just a second as far as this particular law is concerned. Um, And what happened was the states were looking at how to regulate self-driving car testing. And the car companies got wind of this and they said, we don't want to have what we do modified by this law. So they put an exception in the law that said, if what you have is ADAS, if what you have is driver assist, like Tesla Autopilot, which the car companies were all dreaming of, although they didn't really ship it at that time, this law doesn't apply to you. And so the car, that made the car companies happy and, and that's what they lobbied for. So when Uber started doing their testing, Anthony Lewandowski, who I mentioned, who had helped write the law, uh, was in charge of Uber's self-driving project at the time. And he did not. he decided to declare, we are not testing a self-driving car. We have a safety driver in the car at all times. Our car doesn't even work if there isn't a safety driver there. Therefore, it is a driver assist system, even though, of course, what we're trying to build is a self-driving car. And so I'm not going to file any reports under this law. And the DMV came back to him and said, uh, uh, no, uh -uh. Um, you are trying to build a self-driving car. Everyone uses a safety driver. If, If we took your interpretation, then nobody would have to file any reports. And then the law would be meaningless. And don't, don't say that. And Anthony said, as he is brash and want to do uh you know screw you i'm not sending reports and the dmv said screw you we're taking your license plates away and so uber changed its mind um and that's a history from several years ago but tesla is trying the same thing now tesla has a little more strength because tesla really does make a driver assist autopilot system that people use it is exactly the sort of system which the car makers got exempted from the law so the the question is over this new system this prototype, they call it a beta, it's not really a beta. I've been involved in software development for a long time and released a lot of software products and I know what a beta is and this is not it. Um, And nonetheless, it's a prototype. They're letting customers try it out, which is the thing that puts it into the beta territory and makes them use that term. Um, but it's definitely intended to be a self-driving system. Its name is full self-driving, a name that bothers a lot of people. Um, It is constantly promoted by Tesla's CEO that this is going to ship any day now, probably yesterday it's going to be shipping. I'll have to check. Did we actually ship it? No, Uh, but he he has repeatedly just a week (laughs) ago, just a week ago said it's coming out in 2022. uh, And he's made that prediction for many years and he's uh, been a little late. He admits that, by the way, he says, he says, I, I I often get wrong the date, but I I am more often than not right about what's going to happen. And by the way, I mean, I'll diss Elon a lot because he does do some, some crazy things, but I actually have a lot of respect for him. I think he started way more car and rocket ship companies than all of us combined. Absolutely. Um, and, he deserves um, enormous credit. Not and as uh, uh, and is and is I will say the greatest entrepreneur in the history of the human race at this point. Well, I don't um, know. Maybe, although you know, the Edison was pretty good. I mean, Edison a Edison of, is Ford definitely was one of pretty others. good. I
2: mean, you know, I'm there, not there, saying
1: they weren't pretty think, good, but they didn't oh, do yeah, it like yeah. they didn't do it three times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, no, no, yeah,
2: no. I I don't know. I, yeah, we have to we have to create a metric, and we have to go. I, but but anyway, so
1: nice to, 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 to all yeah, all yeah. all praises to our Lord Elon, but at the same time. He has got a hubris which comes from that much success, by the way. This is just something that happens to people with that much success, is that you only got there by being right when everyone else was wrong. And so you start believing it's more and more likely that you'll be right when everyone else was wrong, and occasionally you'll be wrong about that, and occasionally you'll be right about that. Oh, anyway, so, oh, so-, so you, you you do
2: want some – you want the vision. I mean, you, you want to be – I mean, look, if we knew what the heck the future was, it'd be boring, and we'd probably there'd be no reason to live. Oh, not not my
1: future. My future's not boring, but...
2: uh, Well, you know what it's going to be?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm just not telling you. You, um, you know it
2: precisely? And you, and I, you I am I am
1: the world's best futurist. Every prediction I've made that I remember turned out to be true. <laughs> well, right, but your memory's yeah, not I, so good. I, I, well,
2: I, yes, okay. If we use that definition, but come on, go.
1: That's no, a not, definition I, everyone uses, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, probably, I'm the only one who admits that's my definition. No, okay, Ta- no, I, about I'll admit f- to that one too, but whatever. Alan,
0: talking yeah. about the future uh, and yeah. Elon Musk, he had a lot to say about that last night, didn't he? <laughs> yep yeah
2: no i i you know and people like the new york times and a bunch of people come out and complain about it he had you know he, he had very few answers and so on and all this stuff and he's you know and he's never right on his dates and so on look th- that vision i mean when well, i guess i Starship guess I'm, I'm, I'm right? a, i consider myself a space cadet you know i wanted to yeah, go I'm to gorgeous. Mars. i wanted to go to mars you know more than 50 years ago and and, and 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 Mars you know, wanted
1: you fifty years ago. It doesn't want you anymore. you too. No, it away. doesn't want it me you. anymore.
2: You know, I'm done. I'm, you know, whatever. But it is, look, uh, what he's put together uh, to me, I, I just shake my. It's just phenomenal. It's yeah, a no, phenomenal just... vision. And 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 when he first, uh, when I first heard that he was doing this at the, uh, I think it was his talk at the. International Astronomical Federation in Australia, maybe in 14 or something like that. I don't know, you know, we can look up the date. I mean, I said, whoa, I mean, that is, that is, that is probably the first viable way that I've ever heard of somebody maybe being able to go to Mars. The the reusability bit is just, what a, you know, what a fundamentally fantastic concept. It's that he's now he's gonna catch them when they come down. He's he's gonna reuse it. He was talking like doing you know who knows how many how many launches per day of the same damn thing. He went through the the minutes on boost stage bringing it back, getting it refueled, and then launching it again. I mean you know it's gonna be like going to Newark Airport and watching jets take off. I mean. Yeah. I mean, do you think in in 1905 or 1908, you know, after the Wright brothers, any of us thought we would be like go to Newark Airport or go to LAX? And
1: I definitely didn't think I'd go to Newark Airport. uh,
2: I mean, no, but I mean, come on, it's and if you're gonna have visions like that really people actually the funny thing
1: I mean Elon this, is, I mean, is finally bringing about because like you I'm a I, I'm a child of the 60s space race and I yes watched me it. too yeah I watched all, it uh, totally he wasn't the, well we are I, yeah. I, I, I had the poster of Neil Armstrong Mike Collins and Buzz Aldrin on my wall as a kid um so uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a dream, and and actually, of course, to to have thought back then that 50 years from now there would be nobody ever gone back to the moon. There you go. Yeah,
0: I went. No, to you watch, gotta I got to say something so the camera focuses on you. Oh, <laughs> I it didn't the focus. Day. No,
1: <laughs> whatever. I still I still uh, go out in my I still go out in my whatever. front yard every time a rocket launch goes up, and I watch it. I watch it from my house. It's. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I mean you get to live there. I, I've only I only saw one.
2: I've only seen one launch. That was Apollo 11.
1: Well, okay. that's the one. I mean, listen, <laughs> that
2: was the one, right? I mean, I, mean whatever. It, it,
1: I, would trade, I would trade what I've seen for that one. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's a great one to have seen. But, that's, but, that's know, I, By the way, a little, little, little space nerd history tip. If you go to Kennedy Space Center and you go to the exhibit hall there where they have a Saturn V hanging in, in the air, and it's very impressive and everything else, there's an exhibit at the back. It's not well marked. Uh, But they have an Apollo capsule that you can sort of look at, and they've mocked it up. Uh, And to get to it, you go across this little orange truss bridge, and you think, well, you know, and and whatever this is, they've mocked up. But you see a little sign just off in the corner saying, this is the gantry bridge that was used on Apollo 11. Neil, Buzz, and Mike walked across this bridge on the one-way trip into the capsule and didn't come back until they'd been to the moon. And you get to actually walk on that bridge. And I think that's one of the most impressive pieces of history there. And there are some many impressive pieces of history there. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we're, we're going super tangenty on this. Um, <laughs> listen, okay. <laughs> I, here's the thing. You know, uh, is Elon crazy for wanting to go to Mars? Some people will say so. I, I don't think he's crazy for he wanting to go. I mean, I think there's some things about it that definitely are are difficult issues to resolve. Uh, But I've always seen, and it's funny, if you remember the 60s, and as as we were saying, you do, um, you know how at that time everyone said, why are we doing this? Why are we going to space? Um, Why aren't we focusing on the Earth? And today the same refrain is said, oh, these billionaires all playing games in space. Why aren't we solving the problems on the Earth? And yet the consequences of the the space efforts in the 1960s are why we know about global warming, the problem on the Earth. Um, and so I, I I'll never put much truck with that argument, and um, I believe that um, it is not a bad thing that we can have crazy billionaires who want to do audacious projects like going into space, and I'm I'm all for that.
2: Well, I think on top of that, if you if you look at at least some of it, if not a large portion of it, is coming out of the private sector. It, it, it is not really being funded by public money, all the public money is in there supporting a whole bunch of stuff. But but, but no, no, so most of SpaceX's of is,
1: business is, is uh, it,
2: it, it is business. I haven't looked at their balance sheet as to what percentage and so on and so forth. But there is a substantial amount. And the thrust of the initiative is coming out of the private sector to do this, as opposed to some governmental entity that whatever NASA and so on. And it's I mean, it's phenomenal what has happened even though i guess yesterday one of the one of the um, uh, wannabes that uh, wasn't successful in inserting uh, their satellites into orbit the uh, second stage didn't perform i mean the, the fact spacex had three launches last week you know yeah. brought back i mean three in a week one company i mean who is i mean and and this is and and, and for some and and I don't know. I have, uh, I have an genius. essay
1: I'm going to write about about why Elon is great. And, and I write a lot of essays about what he's doing that's stupid. So I got to write one about why he's great. And <laughs> um, But uh, the term I'm going to use for him, which is a term he'll understand because, like me, he's uh, part Canadian and that he, uh, he, at least he uh, wow. did his. South his, African, right? No, he grew up in South Africa. Then he moved to Canada, did his education there. And then he moved to the United States for his entrepreneurial efforts. So he's got the three countries to claim. But anyway, I'm going to call him the exponential Gretzky now because canadians all know gretzky's name hopefully everyone knows gretzky's name gretzky was famous in business circles for once having asked why he was such a great hockey player he said everyone else uh, knows to skate for the puck and i skate for where the puck's going to be and that became a business metaphor for you know how you should run your business so Absolutely. elon is elon is the guy who skates to where the puck's going to be when the puck is non-linear um yeah. uh, when it's exponential uh which is a a much more difficult task, and he's the one who's pulled it off better than other people, and that's uh, what I would, if you had to sum up yeah. someone's success in one sentence, how I would do it. Obviously, it isn't just one sentence, but yeah. let's good let's way, step back
0: to the topic. Good way to of put our, it. Good
2: way to put it.
1: Yeah. Well, go ahead, well, Fred. Where are we? Well,
0: <laughs> well, I think we we just want to mention another launch that took place uh, this yeah. week. Uh, a ceremony in Trenton. You were on stage as the State Department of Transportation awarded a five million dollar grant to get. Trenton moves, moving.
2: Yeah, I, uh, yeah. They, they asked me. I was. I don't think I was supposed to be on stage, but they did ask me to come up. It it, it really was. It, it it was the 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 mayor of Trenton, uh, the um, the commissioner uh, new of New Jersey DOT, and the uh, and the other really important person was the superintendent of the schools there. And in fact, uh, you know, in, in my view, I mean the the, the the enthusiasm that those three showed for doing this, for what are all the right reason, and I, one can't even you know, suggest any cynicism about it, is to really you know, provide mobility to folks in Trenton, that if you compare it to the mobility that I suspect Brad has, I, I, I think you have, Fred, I know I have. Have you know these cars waiting like little puppy dogs outside, just waiting to service, and be able to go, you know, almost any place we want to go, anytime we want to go. It almost, you know, it what from, you know, not that we're all that rich, but you know, costs almost nothing compared to the mobility that the folks, you know, that that so many people in Trenton have. It really. uh, you know, their scope of opportunity is basically where they can walk to and back. Now, of course, you know, cities used to be company towns. You know, if you were a coal mine, you built homes where the coal miners lived and walked, uh, walked to the head of the mine. Uh, you know, if you were you know, on a Ford assembly line, you, you, they built houses. Ford built houses around them, you know, so you could walk to work. You know, and in fact, you know, the mobility of doing it on your own uh, with your legs was you know, your scope of opportunity. And if you look at, at, at you know, 70% of the households in Trenton have access to one or fewer cars. Now, if you're one car, one household person, that's, that's fine. If you're a two household person, now, what's the other person do? Okay, well, they get chauffeured around. What if you're you know what if you're under 16 what do you do what do you do if you want to go shoot hoops across the town you know whatever you got to walk oh yeah where yeah, somebody's gonna give me a line skirt. to get that i get out of here okay and so in a sense what the whole trenton moves is about is My goodness, if we, in fact, are going to do all the great things and get all the disengagements to zero of these things, instead of me sending a car that I buy and send it out irresponsibly across the the country for Brad to use, you know, why not bring them to Trenton to provide mobility opportunities to everyone? Maybe it's just in Trenton, eight lousy square miles. But instead of having your, your, your radius, your, your, your opportunity set being what you can walk, you know, half a mile radius, make it a mile radius. How about extending it to three miles? You know, that opportunity set goes as a square of the, uh, of the radius, okay? And just do it there without disengagements, just in that operational design domain.
0: So this is don't, very don't funny.
2: do it 365.25 days who cares uh, you know wait for new jersey dot to shovel the damn snow off the roads before you go out there you don't have to go in snow what is all that? i mean this is people in silicon valley just not understanding a damn thing never mind maybe i
1: should no, take we, that we, one we, out we, of there we, we i never you gotta, do you
2: gotta, i don't want but, I don't but you want know
1: earlier on in this uh, podcast uh, a, a wise man told me that uh, yeah um you know the va- there was no value in just having a vehicle that could run around with no one in it uh, that it was it was you know, driving people around that that and i said that the value was the vehicles can come to you uh, and that they can deliver themselves and, and deal with themselves. Absolutely. And here, here you're telling me that is the value. It is, is the but, value. But,
2: but, but I don't want you to own it. I don't want me to own it. I want some entity, a responsible entity, to own it, to manage it, and make it available to everybody. The equity, the E piece, it moves, is the non-trivial piece. It is to have that available to everyone indiscriminately in Trent.
1: But that is okay. that is what most of the companies like Waymo Cruise, the biggest companies, they all want to make a robo taxi service that can do exactly that. That's, um, that's not Absolutely. owned by the individual passenger and it comes to them and takes them where they need to go.
2: I love them.
0: That's oh, you do absolutely. love that. Okay. It's, I was sure I, you were I, saying I, you I, didn't I, love that. No, no,
2: on. no. I absolutely. And what Waymo has in Chandler, absolutely. And I wish they would re- release their disengagement numbers for their operational design domain in Arizona. Okay.
0: Oh, they do. They do. But,
2: but, uh, yeah, I think they do. They implicitly do. We know what it is. It's zero otherwise we would have heard oh no it. no no it no none, not not,
1: not at all they um no they had uh, 42 they, real they, and simulated accidents in six million miles they gave they, they gave full details yeah, on
2: that yeah but they they claimed that you know that none of it was uh, through simulation none was their as fault, you yeah. explained wasn't their fault again i wouldn't call that a disengagement i'd say hey they they demonstrate they're demonstrating zero okay Absolutely kudos to them. absolutely, okay? But now let's do another operational design domain. Hey, Trenton, come do the same thing in Trenton. And you know forget about this thinking that we want to do it in, in, in fog and, and, and deep snow and in and, 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 and hurricanes. No, stay home people. The governor, the governor puts out and tells me, I can't drive my car in those situations. So, you know, I don't even have my car in an operational design domain that's 365.25. Governor said, no, don't go out. And I of course, I don't go out there.
1: Well, I I don't know the full details of the system. I haven't been to Trenton for like 35 years, uh, but uh, I mean, broadly, it looks like not a bad system. Uh, Now, I'm actually not a big fan of many of the Shuttle systems that cities are putting forward, which basically are trying to be transit replacements, but this one is more of point to point. You can go from any of the kiosks to any location. Absolutely. So why
2: would why why would you have the vehicle circulating with nobody have it wait for me?
1: That's a, that like, is the right way to wait do it. My waits for me.
2: Okay. All right. Have it wait for me. Although this one, you
1: do have to go to a kiosk to. Oh well, yeah, uh, to
2: we do Yeah, because in fact, yes, because you know the the concept why kiosk is is there's a lot of socialization that has to go on with all of this and we want people to we we want people to ride ride sharing is really important in terms of getting the affordability piece because it's affordability on the cost side not the price side you can make anything affordable on the price side if you have enough money say hey arms for the poor give me money and i'll make it free i mean pfft. but that ends i mean that 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 is that's is a pipe dream OK, that is not. But if it's affordable on the front end, on the cost side, then, oh, my goodness, I don't have to provide all that much subsidy to make it so that some people ride free. Some people well, pay, pay market prices. Hey, Waymo, you can become rich here. You can you can offer such good service that you can charge me market price and you make it so good. I'll pay, Maybe I probably won't, but, uh, you know, I'll pay it and you can make money.
1: Oh, uh, okay. yeah. I mean, I don't think Waymo's. It, I mean, Waymo could exploit that. Um, of course, most transit systems operate at very poor fare box recovery. Um, so <laughs>
2: no, this, is not, this is not a most transit system. This is a new transit system. Okay. The old transit system, I mean, you know, old transit system used to be drawn by horses
1: well we okay. could do another we could do another program about where i think transit gets to go which is i think a very exciting place uh, but it's very unlike the transit today and and this system in trenton is actually closer to that than most other things so that's a plus
2: we would like we would hope to make it in trenton like the system like you would like to make and in fact it's like an elevator okay Mm-hmm. And in fact, you show up at there and it sort of tells you where to stand and then tells you that the third one coming is the one for you to get on and you get on and it takes you.
1: Well, I go I go further and I say it's possible to make a transit system that provides basically 95 percent of the benefit of private cars, uh, but also maintains uh, actually more than the current benefits of public transit, which is a win win for everyone. Other people doubt me. They don't think I believe it can happen.
2: I agree with you. That's exact. That, that it's exactly what we're trying to. Do, what we, what, I don't know, whatever influence I have, is trying to do in Trenton. But the best, the best way to
1: get people to use transit is to make it match the car, which right now they will spend five times as much money buying a car than they would take to ride transit, and that's because they want what the car gives them. And Ex- so that's- and,
2: and, and you know what the, that ninety, you know what that ninety-five percent of a car looks like to somebody who can't afford a car. Uh, it's That's like a gazillion percent better than what they have, and yeah. guess what they're going to do? They're going to love you for it. Of course, and they're going to appreciate it, and they're going to be able to, to to improve their their lives, and they're going to be able to basically raise themselves, if we call it, raise themselves out of poverty. They're going to be able to do it. Oh my goodness!
1: Well, all you, you got to do, do is that. All you've got to do is get Elon Musk excited about Trenton, and that'll solve
0: your problem. I think. Well, we're working on that. So. <laughs> Absolutely, through. and we want to and tell guess people what, to He should, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Hey, and there is a link. There is a link, on, is a link to out. the video, Alan, uh, on the, the latest smart driving cars newsletter, that people can check out. What took place at this event, and of course, there's going to be a lot more on this at the upcoming smart driving cars summit this spring in May.
2: Right, summit and and um, uh, smart uh, driving technology festival in Trenton, uh, on the campus of Trenton High School. And we are going to basically have people kick the tires and have those who develop those tires actually sit there and talk to people who might really appreciate
1: what they're doing.
0: Here we go. Well, we want to thank you, Brad, for being with us. Really appreciate your time. Terrific discussion.
1: Yeah. Fun. Always fun. No disagreements whatsoever. We we uh, don't have any, we don't have, we actually don't,
2: uh, we actually don't.
1: And, and as sedate as ever. So.
2: Yeah. No, Hey, again, thank you, Brad. It's always, look, this is, this is, this is a tough business. And it's you look at the amount of money that's been invested in this business. It's what two hundred billion? I don't know what, what what number you put out there, Brad. It's something like that. It, 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 and, it, know, it's it's a big. lot. It's a lot, and it's about time that we deliver some society, some real societal benefits of this. I think we're going
1: to get and, that, and and unlike most people, I don't even think we're that far behind schedule. I mean, uh, i there's a there's a lot of people who said oh my god they all told us we'd get these things in 2020 and then and it's now 2020 and we don't really have them and i just think anyone who thinks you can predict the most complex software project uh, probably in the world uh eight years out and get the date right has never worked in software uh, uh so uh, i'm i'm not too um, pessimistic about anything right now um you know obviously not everything has played out as uh, as we would expect But I think there's still good reason for a lot of optimism about where things are going to go. By the way, I'll put in a plug. That I've started uh, making a YouTube channel, uh, making some videos. So um, please send me some subscribers uh, because the um, YouTube gets nicer to you if you uh, if you get some subscribers. And I've got some videos about uh, Tesla. I've got some videos about self-driving uh, of all sorts of things. Just a few right now, but uh, please check it out. And uh, you know, I think I'm supposed to require to say you smash the like button or something. Don't smash it, you because if you break it, no one else can like the videos. But uh, uh, I hope people enjoy them.
2: Yeah, Brad, we're happy to, to promote that because we, we really want you to be successful on that. The more information, the more good information we can put on here is, 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 is really good. I think your articles
0: to
1: spot so look, look for Brad Tem Robocards
2: yeah okay and we'll do that we do, do appreciate that and um, and, and seriously um, i'll even throw on top of on the timeline the key piece and, and our challenge in trenton is 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 hopefully not the technology it's the sociology it's to get get the people the customers acclimated to the technology i mean it's we new jersey we don't know anything about this we, we're not we're not silicon valley that gets to see this and whatever and so on and so forth we're just back here in the in the backwaters of new jersey and 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 to to get people customers acclimated to a a a product i mean takes some amount of time I don't know which product has come on the market that all of a sudden hey, everybody ran and bought it. Maybe hula hoops or something, or you know what was it? Uh, I don't know, pet rocks maybe, but you know, real things. It takes a while, and I think if if one's going to have customers to this mobility system, which I think is what's there. Um, one now has to start really looking at the customer not the joyrider not the not the the one who wants it. we can get, we have six flags here we can go to six flags and,
1: and oh my uh, my self driving taxi has arrived now so okay. uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we w- we want to thank our sponsor the smart etfs smart transportation and technology etf the ticker symbol for the etf is moto and more information is available at motoetf.com Technical support is provided by CARTs, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com, on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts from. Your smart speaker can play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please stay safe. Thank you and thank
2: you Fred uh, Fred and Brad really uh, really enjoyed it.